Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. Father, I thank you today, Lord, that you are so awesome and you are just so awe-inspiring, Lord, and that your glory just manifests itself every single day anew, Father, and that your creation just manifests your glory, Lord. Father, I thank you that you're setting a holy people apart to yourself, Lord. I thank you that you are awakening a sleeping bride, Lord, and that when you come, Father, you will find our wicks trimmed, Father, all of our affairs in order and our hearts and our minds totally fixed and set on you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you will find a bride, Father, a remnant without spot or blemish in this current age, Lord, when you return in full glory and manifest your presence to the entire earth, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you, Father, you, Jesus, are the Son, the Most High, the one who is, was and is and is yet to come, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We welcome your presence. We welcome your Holy Spirit here today in Jesus' mighty name. Brothers and sisters, Jesus made this statement in John chapter 17 and verse 19. He said, For them, meaning his church, for the people he's going to say, For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Jesus said, listen, I sanctify myself, that the world, that those people, that those whom I've called, those who have come, those who have repented and accepted me as Lord and Savior, that they too may be truly sanctified, not partially, but truly sanctified in truth and in righteousness. Listen to what it says in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. Okay? As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to what? Please God. This isn't legalism. This is about living a life that is holy unto the Lord. This is about living a life that is pleasing to the Father. And this is what it writes in Thessalonians. This is the Bible. He said, I've instructed you how to live a life in order to please God, as in fact you are now living. Now see, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this, what, more and more. In other words, don't get to a point where you feel like you're living your life exactly how God wants you to live, and then you just start kind of drifting off. Don't drift. Don't drift. He says, listen, I'm urging you, brothers and sisters, do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by what? The authority of the Lord Jesus. And he says in verse 3, it is God's will. It is my Father's will. It is the Father's will that you should be sanctified. That you should what? Avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like pagans who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of his brother or sister. The Lord will punish all of those who commit such sins. As we told you and warned you before, for God did not call us to be what? Impure, but to live a holy life. So what is sanctification? What is sanctification all about? What is the idea of sanctification? Okay, so if you know, if something is sanctified, that means that it is set apart and holy for God's purpose. So in other words, if we look into the Old Testament where God set up a temple and God set up priests and God set up a group of people that went in there and ministered inside of the holy place and also inside of 
the high priest who would go into the Holy of Holies, that place would be considered sanctified. So the Holy of Holies would be considered a holy place that is set apart for God and for God's purposes. The temple was supposed to be set apart for God and for God's purposes. But what ends up happening, brothers and sisters, is that the world comes in and the world tries to corrupt anything that God has set apart for his own purposes. And therefore, Jesus said, listen, I sanctify myself. I set myself apart and I set myself unto God's purposes. What? So that you brothers and sisters, may also be truly sanctified so that you may be fully set apart for God because you are now the temple that God has cleansed of all unrighteousness and he's trying to manifest himself to the world through you by the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Listen to Romans chapter 8, verse 13 and 14. For if you live according to what? The flesh, you will die. But if you live according to the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, then you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. So what's he say here? He says, listen, he's talking about sanctification. He's talking about being set apart and holy for God's purposes and God's use. And he's talking about, listen, stay away from immorality. Stay away from impurity. Stay away from all of these things that the world tries to bring into the temple of God and tries to pollute it so that it can't be used for the purposes it was designed for in order to tell people and be an ambassador for Christ. So he says this. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, 27, he says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groanings, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's will. What's God's will? God's will is that you should be truly sanctified. And that's exactly what we just read. He says here, listen, and he who searches out our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's will. God's will is that none should perish. God's will is that all should come to repentance. And God's will is that God's people should be sanctified and set apart and holy in the current wicked and present age. Listen to what Paul says. Listen, Romans chapter 15, verse 15 and 16. I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again. He's saying, listen, I'm writing to you boldly. I am writing to you boldly because of the grace God has given me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the nations. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the nations might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Listen, what is Paul saying? Paul's saying, listen, God made me a minister. He made me an ambassador just like he made you. If you're listening to this and you are a born-again follower of Jesus Christ. God has made you an ambassador. He has made you a minister. He has told you to go into all the world and preach the gospel and tell them the good news. It's our responsibility. That's the beauty of what God is allowing us to do, what he's working through his church. It says he gave me, he gave you this priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the nations, the world, the Gentiles, the unbelievers, the pagans, the idolaters, the murderers, the slanderers, the haters, all of those people so that all of them may become through Christ an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. It's, I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing that God would want to do that. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh my goodness, this is awesome news. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, what? Honor 
God with your bodies. What? Sanctify your bodies. Sanctify everything you do unto the Lord. Sanctify it. Jesus said, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. So let's look at a principle here. Let's look at a scripture here. Let's go to Leviticus. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 14. We're going we're gonna to explore a little bit of a concept here that is often missed here. It's about mold. It's about what God has to say about mold. And I want you to understand that mold grows in certain areas and mold does things to people and it does things to your body and it does things to the house of God. The Lord said to Moses, so he's, we're talking to Moses, we're talking what God says to Moses. He says this in verse 33, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when you enter the land of Canaan, which I am giving you to possess, and I put a spreading mildew in that house, in that land, the owner of the house must go and tell the priest, I have seen something that looks like mildew in my house. The priest is to order the house to be emptied before he goes into the into examine the mildew so that nothing in the house will pronounce him unclean. After this, the priest is to go in and inspect the house. He is to examine the mildew on the walls. And if he has a greenish or reddish depression that appears to be deeper than the surface of the wall, the priest shall go out of the doorway of the house and close it up for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest shall return to inspect the house. If the mildew has spread on the walls, he he is to order that. The condemned stones be torn out and thrown into an unclean place outside the wall. But he must have all the inside walls of the house scraped and the material that is scraped dumped off into an unclean place outside of the town. Then they are to take some of the clay and the plaster of the house, right? And then replaster. If the mildew reappears in the house after the stones have been torn out, and the house scraped and plastered. The priest is to go and examine the house. If the mildew has come and spread throughout the house again, it's a destructive mildew. The house is unclean. It must be torn down. It's stones, timbers, and all the plaster and taken out to the town in an unclean place. What does that mean? What does that have to do with anything? What does it have to do with you, right? You're sitting here listening to this and you're going, yeah, that's great, but what does that have to do to me? Well, what if there's mildew in you? What if there's an unclean area in your life that the sanctifying work hasn't touched yet? What if the picture of the priest coming in and cleaning out the brick that actually has a little bit of mildew on it is a picture of the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in your life? What if the priest, the high priest that we're speaking about here, what if it's Jesus? What if Jesus is the high priest and you're the temple of the Holy Spirit and the temple is built with stones and there's a little bit of mildew on the stone and the priest comes in, puts his hand on it and says that stone is unclean in that temple. That needs to come out and go into an unclean place and we need to fix that. What if the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit is just like that? Listen to what mold does. Certain types of mold produce microtoxins that can pose serious health risks to humans and animals. Studies claim that exposure to high levels of microtoxins can lead to neurological problems and in some cases death. So let's say daily exposure may be particularly harmful. The term toxic mold refers to mold that produces microtoxins. So if deep calls out to deep, then death calls out to death what if there's still an area inside of your life that the lord wants to clean he wants to pull that brick out of the temple which is the temple for his holy spirit which is your body what if there's still something in there that you're holding on to and that the lord wants to cleanse and purge from your life but yet you hold on to it the lord says listen this is a this is a a a destructive mold in your life it's going to be a cancer in your life listen mold in a house can usually be found only in certain places in dark places dingy places steamy areas well what is that? Jesus said if the Jesus said that you're the light of the world. White light has no darkness. 
But if there's darkness in you, what? That's what mold is. Mold is created in a dark, dingy area. So if there's mold in you, that means there's still some darkness that needs to come out. And the Holy Spirit wants to put his finger on that. It's not that you're not saved. This is sanctification. Sanctification comes through the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Lord sanctifies you unto himself. But now you need to be sanctified in all areas of life, including the renewing of your mind and your thoughts. So the Holy Spirit comes in and he says, listen, I want to sanctify your lips. You're saying some words and you're saying some things that I don't approve of and it's not godly. I want to sanctify your habits. You're still smoking cigarettes. You're still, you're still doing things to the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're still, you're still polluting the temple of the Holy Spirit. I want to sanctify. I want to take that from you. Praise God. He did that for me when I got born again. What about rape? What about murderers? What about people that have done these horrible things when they get saved? Why is it that they don't do it again? Why is it that they no longer go out and they rape? Why is it they no longer sell drugs? Why? Because that's been sanctified to the Lord. And the Lord came and said, listen, that's not the way I want you to live. I'm sanctifying that area of your life. You're not going to do that anymore. You died to it. Right? Listen, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 to 24 says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. Reject every kind of evil brothers and sisters this is sanctification this is saying that that over there i'm pointing to something i'm recognizing it is not from the lord it's something that is not holy and righteous and just and true uh, philippians 4 8 tells us what to think about so we're thinking about things that are not lovely and pure and all these things that the, the, the scriptures tell us to think about these things are evil we're watching some tv shows that are totally promoting sin and death and iniquity and the lord is saying listen i want to sanctify that unto myself you need to stop that is not what it, my child does my child doesn't do that it's like if you walk through a grocery store and your child is walking hand in hand with you and they start swearing and cussing and everything else and you look at your child and you go what are you doing you're not supposed you don't do that don't do that. You know that that's embarrassing. How do you think our father feels, our father in heaven? You're a son or a daughter of the most high God, and you need to represent him in spirit and in truth. And you're just like that child walking through the grocery store, and you're saying all these swear words, and your father in heaven is sitting there going, what are you doing? You're my child. Why are you acting like this? You're embarrassing me. That's not who I am. You're not representing me well. And so the Lord says this, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, what? Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is body, soul, and spirit. We're talking about through and through. We're talking about everything. We're talking about your driving habits. We're talking about the way that you look at your neighbor when they pull out of the driveway the same time you do and you're running late for work, but you don't have the patience to let them go. That's not the love of God. That's not fruit of the spirit being patience and long suffering. The Lord says, I want to sanctify that. I want you to sanctify that. I want you to hand it over. I want you to lay it on the altar of sacrifice and let it go. First Peter chapter one, verses one through two. Peter says this, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, what, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkling with blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. This is how he starts all of his letters. He starts all of his letters and he talks about, listen, God the Father is pulling you aside 
with the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit to bring you to obedience to Jesus Christ. Listen, it's not legalism. It's love. It's love. God the Father wants you to live in holiness. Why? Because it's to your benefit and it's to the benefit of those who need to see Jesus Christ in a lost and dying world. That grace was given to you now that you've been born again, but now we need to manifest that so that we can bring it to others too, brothers and sisters. We are ambassadors. We're representatives of the Most High God. Let's start living that way. What about James, right? The Greek is Jacob. What about James chapter 5, verse 1 through through 3, right? Go to now ye rich men, weep and howl, for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is crackled, and the rust of them shall be witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as if with fire ye heapeth treasure together for the last days. What's he saying? He said, listen, you have sacrificed your unblemished garments. You have sacrificed your purity. You have sacrificed righteous living in order to live in the passionate lusts that you want to live for in the last days. You've heaped up treasure. You would rather cuss and swear. You would rather rob and steal. You would rather manipulate a situation to get the money that you want to pay and buy for the things that you want than live a holy life set apart to God so that the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit can bring you to a point of unblemished garments in these last days so that you can live according to the Father so that others can come to Jesus Christ. Sanctification is so, it's just, it's so powerful, so powerful. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27 says. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This is about self-sacrifice. This is about giving yourself up. Give over. Hand everything over to God already. He knows what to do with it. He's the one who created it all. You could. There's nobody in this world that is more trustworthy with your possessions in your life than the Lord Jesus Christ, period. He created it all. By him and through him and for him, all things were created. Listen, it says, Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy Cleansing her, what? By the washing with water through, what? The word, the holy scriptures, and to present her to himself as a radiant church. What is radiancy? Radiancy is glowing, glowing, absolute glory we're talking about here. A radiant church. He said, I want to present you a radiant church. But if you're full of darkness, darkness doesn't radiate. Darkness is dark. It's not radiance. Light is light. Jesus said, I was the light. I'm the light of the world. But after he died and resurrected, he came back and he told the disciples, he says, now listen, now you're the light of the world, a city on a hill. You're the light of the world. But there can't be darkness. No darkness. It says, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or without any other blemish but holy and blameless. He says, without stain or blemish. No wrinkles. No wrinkles. The Holy Spirit is here to iron out every wrinkle that is upon you so that you can live a life in victory through Jesus Christ. Listen to Revelation chapter 3, verse 4. Thou has a few names, and he's writing to the churches, okay, the seven churches. Thou has a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is calling you to holiness because he loves you. He's calling you to righteousness because he wants to live inside of you. He's calling you to holiness because 
He wants you to manifest the Father and manifest His love and manifest Himself through you to other people. You see, this is such a this is a this is a much higher calling than having the biggest house on your block. This is a much higher calling than having the best job so that everybody can look at you. This is a much higher calling than owning the best things that you could possibly own so that everybody will look at you and clap and say how wonderful you are. God's ultimate approval of your lifestyle is better and greater than any possession you can own on earth. Jesus said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not decay. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be also. Listen to Revelation 16, verse 15. Behold, Jesus said, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Lest you walk naked. You see, when you're walking in sin, when you're walking in iniquity, when you're walking in a way that is not pleasing to the Father, you're walking naked. Everybody sees your shame. Why? Because you're walking around. We're going to church on Sundays. We're going to this church building on Sundays. We're telling people, why don't you come to our church building? Why don't you come worship on us? And then Monday morning, we sit right next to them at work, and we start cussing people out, and we start having a fit all the time. You see, they're looking at your nakedness and they're saying, you are not the person who you said you are. You're a hypocrite. And Jesus said that many people are going to say to him, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things in your name? He's going to say, what? Get away from me. What? You workers of what? Iniquity. He says that it's those. It's those who blaspheme my name. It's those who claim to be a follower and don't follow. It's those who claim to be born again and don't live in the life of being born again. You see, there's many false sheep that have come into into the into the fold. And Jesus said there's going to be wheat, there's going to be tares, and he's going to take them, he's going to put them on his threshing floor, he's going to throw them up in the wind, and the chaff's going to blow away. Why? Because it's going to get burned. I don't want you to be that one. I don't want you to be the one that missed it. I want you to be the one who stands holy and righteous in this time. I want you to be the one that represents Jesus Christ because he loves you and you love him. So, Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for sanctification. Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now in the name of Jesus and in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that right now you would put your finger on something in somebody's life. The person who's listening to this right now, Father, I thank you that you have put your finger on their lives. I thank you that you put your finger in an area right now that come to their mind while I'm speaking, Lord, that needs to be sanctified. And I pray, Father, that right now, Jesus, you would bring a spirit of conviction, not a spirit of condemnation, but a spirit of conviction that the Holy Spirit, that they would lay this on the altar and they would say, Father, I give this over to you as a sacrifice and I repent of this sin in my life and that they would continually walk in this in the spirit of the Holy One of Israel, Father, that, that holiness and righteousness would, 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 would manifest itself in their lives, Lord, for your namesake and for their wonderful, wonderful, wonderful spotless garments that you called them to, Lord. You paid for. You paid a great big price for them, Jesus. And I thank you so much, Father, that you are doing this, Father, because not because they're good enough, Lord, not because I'm good enough, but because you love them, Father, because of your love, Lord. Perfect love. Perfect love comes from you, Lord. And I thank you so much, Father, that you have sent the Comforter unto us, Lord, to teach us these things. That a lifestyle, a lifestyle of Christianity would continue to manifest itself and that it wouldn't just be these outward words that we speak and these theologies that we know and this head knowledge that doesn't do anything to change us or change anybody, Lord, but that 
the power of the Spirit would move so deeply ingrained inside of us, Lord, that we would be changed from the inside out, Lord, and that our minds would be renewed by the power of your word, Father. So, Lord, I praise you, Father, and I thank you. And if you're listening to this right now, and you haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you are so missing out on God's best for you. God loves you, and he wants to bring you up to call you his son or his daughter. He wants to magnify his name in you. He wants to use you. You were created for a purpose. You were created for such a time as this. And it's not because you're good enough. It's not because you're smart enough. It says he chose the weak things of the world to shame the wise. It's not because you've got enough Bible knowledge. It's it's not because you've got some type of degree, but it's because he loves you and he wants you to come to this. And Jesus said, come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened and heavy laden. Put, your yoke upon, put my yoke upon you. Learn from me for what? I am gentle and humble at heart. But you have to be poor in spirit. You have to be willing to humble yourself. And you have to be willing to come to the cross of Jesus Christ and lay down your life and say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I want to love you. I want to understand what this is all about. I want to live this life that this man's talking about to me right now. I want to live this life. I want to experience this, Father. Just come to me right now, Father. I repent of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I accept that you died for me on the cross, Lord. And I praise your holy name and worship you because you alone are worthy. And listen, if you just prayed that right now, praise God because you just became what's called born again. You're now called a brother and a sister in the kingdom of God. You just moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's a day to celebrate. This is your new day. This is a birthday for you. And if you've done that, We just want you to contact us. Alex is going to speak to you right now. He's going to share some information. Would you just send us a testimony? Let us know how you're being impacted by what's being said right here. And I just want to say thank you for your precious time today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davison. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers and the Holy Spirit spoke through them and says this in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 for the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit the joints and the marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart and Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the Word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the Word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in His perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, Shalom. Shalom.